right. Hey, now, Rob here, Rob School of Music, and we are rocking. We are back with the interviews, and we have the incredible with such a resume. It's going to blow your mind, Miss Ariana Powell. Hello. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm good. I'll tell, the energy comes down as I go on. Don't worry. It just hits real okay. hard. And this, <laughs> light is super, this light is way bright in my face, I feel like. All right. Whatever. I'm going to be super washed out. It's okay. So, oh, my gosh. Halsey, Olivia Rodrigo, Black Eyed Peas, all the late night television shows, like so, so cool. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Awesome. Happy, so happy talk. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So we, uh, I interviewed Rod Castro he says, hello. Oh, cool. Nice. I just yeah. saw him like a couple weeks ago. He's so cool. He's so cool. Yeah. Is he a friend of yours or you, you, I, I met had him, him for during, um, we became friends on Clubhouse and then we just kind of linked up outside of there and then I wound up interviewing him, but we talked since and uh, hoping to meet up whenever Nam gets to happen again, hopefully yeah. June. Yeah, we hope. Right. So so we're a music school. We do uh, music lessons. We do in-person lessons and then we did virtual lessons when we couldn't do in-person lessons. Now we do a hybrid of both. Mm -hmm. And uh, during during the whole lockdown period, I started doing these weekly interviews with just incredible musicians, you know, living the life that anyone who ever picked up a guitar or a microphone hoped to live. And I really think it's so fascinating. You know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be John Mayer. But yeah, that that's awesome. But you can be a step next to John Mayer and have an incredible career doing incredible things and probably maybe a longer, more fulfilling career because you get to pick and choose all these different projects. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think there's definitely a trade-off. I mean, there, at the, especially when you're a sideman, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not necessarily creating your music or your vision. So it's like, it's a bit of a trade-off. But then at the same time, then, you, yeah, you can work with so many other people and probably end up on bigger stages and continue longer. And it's less, I don't know, probably less of a, of a, of a mind F, too, just not having yeah. to, like, keep up your image in such absolutely. a high degree absolutely so for you personally what was it what did was there a particular record did you go to a show was there something where you were like as a little kid that's what i want to do with my life it's funny it, i didn't really even think that i was going to do this until i was like 21. I, I, when i was a kid i just loved guitar my dad played and he played a lot of like folk and bob dylan and so i i liked that and then when i turned maybe like 13, 14, my first show was actually this metal band called Unearth. And yeah. I, yeah, and, uh, and so I started to get into metal and I started to kind of, you know, I did the whole folk thing and, and playing um, just singer songwriter stuff. And at the time, Michelle Branch was really popular. And so I was like learning those songs, but I was also learning Metallica guitar solos. So I was kind of just really into it, just doing it and having fun with it. Um, and then it ended up going to school for uh, jazz guitar. And so, and I got my degree in music education. So I, I just kind of imagined myself teaching and playing um, in Pittsburgh, just sort of, you know, just in a, in a smaller scene. Um, but when I went, when I, I used to play at this club every week, just just playing pop covers and uh they used to play beyonce concerts 
uh, on the TVs. They had TV screens. And so when we were on break, they would play concerts of, of Beyonce. And so I remember looking and seeing her band. And at the time, she had an all-female band. And I thought, I, and I saw B.B. McGill playing guitar with her. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like, I, I want to do that. How can, how can I do that, you know? So I started looking up musicians like B.B. McGill and trying to, you know, finding their path and kind of seeing how could I, how could I mimic that. That's awesome. You know, it's it's interesting that part with the female backing band and getting into it. I would say like of our guitar students, a little bit over 50% are, are females, girls. And it's yeah. so awesome. And like to have mm -hmm. someone like you to talk to, I've talked to Nita Strauss, Yvette Young, like there are powerhouse players out there with a platform to show that this next gener generation, not that it should be a male, female thing, but I think it's just incredible that you're getting the platform you deserve. I watched your pickup music course, super cool. Thank you. So very cool. So I can see the educator in you. That makes sense because you delivered the information in a really digestible way. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I really enjoy teaching. So very cool. How did you develop? I watched. Um, you know, your your right hand. It's it's not a pick. What? How did you develop the technique like that? Yeah. I mean, I do. I, when I'm doing the sideman thing, I'm almost always using a pick unless the part calls for finger picking, for finger picking. But um, for my own music, when I'm doing solo guitar, I think that was just formed out of, I mean, <laughs> when, I, when I was learning acoustic guitar um, and I was asking my dad, like, how do you finger pick? Because he was really good at it. He was really good at having, uh, playing kind of a, a like drop D, thumb, bass, drone the whole time and playing melodies over top. So I asked him how he did that. And he just said, you just have to just lose the pick and just do it. <laughs> so it forced me to just come up with my own weird style because he didn't actually show me anything. He just said, just stop playing with a pick. <laughs> and it's not, my technique is not um, correct. You know, when I went to school for music, I had so many teachers saying, this is, this is wrong. You need to hold the thumb mm -hmm. out, you know? And I, and I always tried to, but I just couldn't. And this just became comfortable for me. And I think because my hand is, fits like this is something about the pinky. Cause I use the pinky a lot, which is also not, you know, as uh, common. So I don't know. It's just, just doing it. And I, I, I think there's something to be said for there's of, of course technique, proper technique is, is important and, and, and extremely helpful. But I think um, when you find something that a way of playing that is natural to you and easy to easy for you, I think your own voice kind of comes through better. I mean, we kind of see that with players like Jeff Beck or like Jimi Hendrix, you know, they have completely their own way of playing um, that's wrong but clearly it's so right because that's you know that's their, their voice coming through um just you know via their own weird techniques that they've come up with you know absolutely i mean i find with you know the students we have coming through here i show them the right way to hold the pick but then i always reference i was just watching earlier today uh van halen concert from 95 in mexico and like if you watch eddie van halen when he's doing like the speed picking stuff it's it's between these two fingers and his hands up like where's the camera like this and yeah. that's wrong, but I'm not going to tell Eddie ever. No one's going to tell him it's wrong. So I know that's, Dude, yeah, so true. 
whatever works for you. I've, I always say like music has like thousands of really strong suggestions, but very few absolutes. Oh yeah. I love that. I love that saying. I'm always cool. telling people it's tough when you're teaching because you want to say like when I'm teaching harmony and I'm saying, you know, this is what's diatonically correct, but there's no, that, that doesn't exist. It's like, I think it's what Freddie Hubbard said. It's if it sounds good, it is good. Totally. Absolutely. hundred percent. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, let's see. I got I have questions to the left. So if I'm looking to the side, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hate going in order. So I just randomly ride the wave. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. So what, what's like your daily, what coming up and then currently if different or the same is your like practice regimen or routine? I don't really have a practice regimen or routine. It really is so much based on, I, I feel like my work kind of dictates what I'm doing and where I'm going. It's like, what gig am I preparing for? Or if I have time off, then usually I'm trying to write. I'm trying to, you know, just get in studio and, and, and create. And um, I think through creation, that's sort of practice, you know? I'm nice. I'm always practicing for the thing that I'm wanting to do. I mean, I've recently played some R&B soul at some R&B soul jam sessions in town. And so, you know, I'm, I'm start shedding that stuff, you know, like referencing older records and 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 what what are the guitar players playing? What are some Nile Rodgers parts, you know, what are you know, just transcribing for the gig or thinking to myself, how can I, or, 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 or practicing more kind of flashy licks that I want to pull out when I'm playing a solo, you know? So again, it's sure. just more so what's the gig and what, what am I preparing for? Oh, it totally makes sense. I mean, it's anytime the instrument's in your hands, you're practicing in a, your own way, you're, you're bonding with it and finding like, oh, if I do this this way, wow, it's, it's, these little revelations and that that's exactly what it's about. How did you, Yeah. you know, I look at, the, I think myself included, just looking at the resume and the gigs you've had and the people you've played with, how did you get into the world to get into that conversation? And then how does one parlay to the next and then session work versus, um, you know, in the, in the touring band, like it's a big question, but answer it however you choose. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I said, after I was saw that Beyonce live show and I, I started researching musicians of how did, well, how did you do that? Um, I kind of got the sense that well, you need to you you need to be in one of the big music cities and meet the be meeting the people and you know playing with the people and um, so much of it is networking. But that's another word that I don't really like to use because it's more like becoming friends with people and engaging in the music scene. It's, um, you know, so I, I moved to LA and I, I just started going out to different jam sessions, different jam sessions, different gigs, um, sitting in, uh, making friends and, you know, going back and jamming with people and jamming with people that, that had resumes and that were doing the thing. Um, and so eventually those people call you to sub for them or um, or recommend you for gigs. Um, my first big, my first, you know, proper tour gig was with Nick Jonas. 
And that was just sort of right place, right time, because he was looking for females to put in his band. He had, he had uh, a bassist who was female and, and myself. Um, and at the time I was just at every audition, I was at every jam session, I was just really making myself known so that when he was asking around for a female guitar player, I was, you know, someone that, that came up in, in a lot of conversations. That's awesome. I think that's a part of it that a lot of like up and coming musicians, that's why I love questions like this and answers like that is because a lot of up and coming guitarists, they're like, well, if I play really great, you know, if you build it, they will come, but it's not, it's, it's the hustle and it's, it's being on the scene and it's, it's a business and it's working. And that's inspiring to hear you put yourself in the right position. You had the chops to back it up and it happened. It's awesome. Yeah. I think it's, I think a lot of people think, I was gigging before I was even really using Instagram as a platform to showcase my playing or music at all. I think people think, especially now, because social media musicians, this was in 2015, which is really not that long ago, but in the, in the, the scope of what internet musicians have kind of become or what that social media has really done for players is, is really different. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, what was I going to say? It's, it's not necessarily, I don't, I, social media didn't help me get gigs, essentially yep. is what I'm saying. Yep. It was, it's, it, yeah, is it's meeting people, being with people, working, taking whatever gigs. I did so many club gigs. I took gigs off of Craigslist playing for, playing with old dude rock bands in Venice because they needed a filling guitar player because someone bailed and I just, wanted to do it you know i was hungry for it and yeah i think, I that's, think that's important yeah i mean i think i remember when i was touring um you know in the in the 2000s i was like i'm gonna do this forever and i'll never i'll never play in a wedding band i'll never do anything like this whatever and then like along the way things like that have happened and it's just a gig is a gig and it's all building towards the next gig and staying hungry i mean you said it perfectly I, yeah, everyone's path is different. I mean, everyone's everyone's path is is different, but everything you do, it's like a it's like a it's like a brick in your road that you're, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So I saw you just you recently had some of the stuff with, with Olivia Rodrigo, who's mm-hmm. pretty big deal right now. Like, yeah. It, what's what's what are those experiences like? Do you get the call or someone recommends you, and then like when you actually are there, is like. What's the vibe like? Yeah. Um, she, uh, hiring women is really important to her. She's hired uh, all female directors for all the stuff she's been doing this year. Um, her manager's a woman. She, just uh, her team, her creative team are women. Um, so her band, same thing. She wanted she wanted women and um back when she was putting the band together i think that i i i i'm just a, a a woman who who has uh played with a number of pop musicians and so i think i was a good fit or they felt that way so um they actually brought me in kind of later because she wanted to she only had i think she had a three piece she just had three women at first and they brought me in to fill out the band for her first SNL performance, um, which was 
a big deal for her to do that because it was her first time ever performing live with a wow. band and it was SNL. <laughs> no big so, deal. No big deal. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so they brought me in to fill out the band. I also played some bass. I played some key bass. I did some singing. Um, and then they kept me on after that. And then they, they built the band even, even, even larger. They added, uh, another, uh, woman. So, I think it's cool. I think that guitars in, uh, you know, pop music are a thing now. Like I, I watched some of the stuff with Halsey. I love her voice. I love her music. I love the new record with Trent Reznor is like the combining of two of my favorite things, but shreddy yeah. guitars on top of that. That's just the coolest thing ever. So oh, yeah. very cool. Definitely. Um, all right. We're going to pivot onto some gear loosely loose gear stuff. Okay. So, uh, what kind of rig are you taking out? You're doing uh, modeling, you're taking an amp and pedals. What, what are your thoughts on amp modeling technology as a whole? Yeah, I've gone through like a progression because when I start again, when I started gigging, I don't seriously and you know, in 2015, I don't know if modeling was as popular, even just back then. Um, so yeah, I had an amp, I was playing, uh, twin reverb was my choice then and, uh, a small pedal board. And then later that just kept, I kept building, I kept building my board, building my rig. And then I switched over to using Kempers in with Halsey when I joined Halsey. Um, and I pretty much exclusively used Kempers for that gig, um, just because she had so much, the 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 guitar tones are so unique and so so interesting and the musical director or the the, the that camp is um really about staying true to the production of her music uh even live so there's not much in the track at all when we're playing live but it really sounds like it because everything is uh everything is created to to sound just like the record so the guitar tones the the key sounds the the drum uh the drums the drum pads you know it's all to sound just like the the track cool yeah you know that's always like a, a hot buzz thing you know it has to be a tube amp oh no it has to be axe effects no it has to be a camper oh the quad cortex is going to kill them all it didn't really like no so yeah no i know they're tools and and it, it depends on what it calls for so now with olivia um, I back to using an amp. I'm playing a Vox AC30 and my board because her, she's kind of taking on this nineties pop punk rock mentality. And so, um, I just feel like having an amp is just being more true to that aesthetic and that sound. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying it. I, it's, it's, I think it's a lot more fun to have an amp. Uh, it, it, I like to to feel it and to hear it in the room and not just put my ears in and right. hear, hear my guitar, you know. Absolutely, I, I agree personally, but sometimes yeah. the convenience is the convenience. To be able to plug something in and have it sound exactly the same no matter where you are, it just takes a lot of steps that can go wrong out of the uh, equation. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a silly, it's a silly uh, debate uh, this or that you know they're they yeah. both they both have their place and uh i think they both sound great and they're you know they're both great tools cool so when you're out you know 
I think it's always fascinating to people to understand when they when when they're you know getting to hear from incredible musicians living such a cool musical life. Like, what is a day in that life? Is there uh, morning routine or what is it? All these things, meditation or you dietary? Like, is there specifics, especially like out on the road? Like when you know some of the things are taken away. Like, how do you? Let's rephrase that. How do you keep yourself sane when you're on tour? There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I've, I'm a big runner. So the last tour that I did before the pandemic hit, I did a European run with Halsey. And um, I actually was uh, registered for a marathon in April of 2020. And so I was running every city. I would do a really long run. Um, and so that was just really great for obviously physical health, but like just mental health. And it's such a great way to see a city is, you know, by running around and yeah. And, 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 and taking yourself away from the camp or the people, everyone that's on tour, because when you're on tour, you can't get away from it. It's you're, you're living in it. You're literally living in it. So, um, I think having that activity, at least for me, is, you know, was really helpful. Yeah, I completely could understand that. When I was a kid, you know, playing music, there was such a strong divide between being a musician and being an athlete. And I think now, you know, in the last decade or so, health and wellness has caught up with, okay, well, if I need to be out there performing at the top condition, I need to be internally at the best I can be. So I just, it's always fascinating to me to hear. You know, it's someone that people play golf where they are. People will find, you know, a, a gym every stop or a boxing gym or whatever it is. So running, running is fantastic. It's good for your heart. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. Cool. Um, so this one is, is if I phrase it incorrectly, I apologize in advance, but mm -hmm. what advice would you give a young musician coming into this career particularly a young female musician, again, not trying to separate it, but I feel like there's a unique perspective of all the bullshit and assholes that we all have to deal with. Sometimes it just goes down a road where it gets even shittier, unfortunately. So how have you overcome that? And what would you tell, you know, say a 14 or 15 year old guitar player saying, oh my God, I want to do this. Mm. Sorry, it's heavy. It's a lot. No, no. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, for one, like really really work on your musicianship like put that first um everything else is going to follow that if you if you if you become a strong player and you again work on that musicianship and you take all the opportunities you can to play in front of people or play with people or or expose yourself to new kinds of music um that's just really just going to help your your competence, of course, but your confidence also, which is something you really need when you're when you're going out there. Because again, it's not. I know we live in this kind of social media age, but it's not sitting in front of a of, of a camera screen. It's really being with people and and getting out there and finding opportunities to work and to play. So you need to have that confidence in yourself when you are pursuing that. Awesome. Um, yeah, there's because there's so much more I want to say. I mean, it's like believing 
in it's so so cheesy but it's so true it's just believing in yourself and believing in, in what you do and what you have to offer so really like cultivating that sense of self um because if if you don't have that too and especially speaking to to females in particular um it's if if you don't have that strong self-worth i think it's easy to get taken advantage of or or not believe that you deserve it and so you might find yourself in unfavorable situations if you if you if you have if you if you don't have that strong sense of self and um confidence and you know belief in what you're doing awesome yeah no i appreciate that very much and i, I it's all true it all makes a ton of sense i think uh, believing, you know, when people walk into my school here, there's a sign and it's, it's just a picture of a group of kids performing from one of our recitals. And it's like confidence. They all like those self-help posters. There's another one. It's like discipline. <laughs> yeah. But I think like all those skills that you can get through and from music benefit every facet of your life, but it all starts with believing in yourself. And yeah, it is cheesy and cliche, but it's the truth and there's no way around it. You know, it's, <laughs> I know there's no way around it. It's like, you've always, come upon these cliches and, and when you're thinking about these things or philosophizing these things. And it's like, yeah. yeah, it's a cliche for a reason. Absolutely. And it's good to have it reinforced, you know, hearing people who are living it, you know, validated, it, it's just a fact. And, and thank you for validating those facts. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Let's see, what else do we have here? I'm trying to pick the fun ones. <laughs> um, all right, random. In this moment, it could change a second from now. You're on a desert island, and you can have one amp, one guitar, and one pedal. You have power, you have batteries, you have whatever you need, but for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> it would be a Princeton Reverb, and it would be my Gibson 339. Um, and I would bring how many pedals do I get? Or one pedal. One pedal. But you, and got, I would but you bring... got reverb in the amps. You already found a loophole. I like it. But I would just, I would add another reverb to life. Oh, really? I would add, I would add my Princeton reverb, the Gibson 339 and the Earthquaker Devices Avalanche Run, which is a reverb oh. delay, like a souped up reverb delay. Cool. That's a good answer because the tone in the 339 with all that verb, you get really washy ambient coolness. Oh, yeah. I, like mm -hmm. it. I approve. I approve. Yeah. I asked that question to one person. They're like, a tuner. I'm like, oh, I guess. Okay. But yeah, I, I like I like things that make noise. Later on, I'm gonna ask you questions of <laughs> some pedal preferences, and, and you'll see kind of the road I go down there. Um, actually, let's jump to that now. Can we do the this or that portion now? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, all right, dude. So here we go. So this is like my grand finale part. It's a series of this or that questions. Um, one or the other. You don't have to justify your answer. You can okay. if you want. Um, it's kind of more fun if you do avoid yeah. saying both because the answer to most of them is both but try not to okay and um it's all music related stuff nothing political or sports or weird like that okay all righty <laughs> great yeah i have to preface like that because when i started doing this there's like crazy politics going on and whenever i'd say that people would like clam up i'm like no 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 music fun light all right if you had to choose humbucker or single coil pickup humbucker okay cool justification um i no like buzz. the no buzz <laughs> i like the i just prefer the sound i just prefer the roundness and the warmth and i like playing 
um, clean solo guitar stuff in my, you know, that's kind of my, my passion. So yeah, I prefer humbuckers for that. Cool. Yeah. I want to talk about your solo stuff at the end of this too. So we're going to come back to that. That's guy I want to close out with focusing on the stuff you're creating. Cause that's awesome. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Les Paul or Strat style guitar, if you had to choose. Um, it goes a little bit against my first answer, but Les Paul. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, if you had to pick something in the Fender realm, would it be a Strat or a Telecaster? Mm. Strat. Okay. On that Strat, do you want a tremolo or you just want hardtail? uh tremolo okay and a perfect world does your guitar have 22 or 24 frets a 24. okay see the questions the more you ask them they all contradict each other and i love that because there's no right answer all the answers are right um when you're if <laughs> you were to grab a steak if, if i know it's um it's terrible i'm, I'm an ass <laughs> no it's so true i'm thinking the same thing as we go through this I had one of my friends uh, interview me using these same questions, and I was so yeah. angry because they're just impossible. And I, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is actually not not any fun. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. This is You're like plugging in. It's okay. Yeah. Sorry. Turn the camera to. Uh, You're like yes. not centered. Here we go. Here you okay. are. All right. If you were using a pick for a gig that needed a pick, would you grab a thin, medium, or thick pick? Mm, thick. Okay. Nines or tens or elevens? Elevens on a Gibson style guitar, but tens on a Fender. So guitar. that's the right answer. Good job. I like <laughs> it. Good. Yeah. And if you're putting putting elevens on everything, you're a maniac. But sometimes, you know, no. for that shorter scale, you need them. Yeah. We're not like Stevie putting 12s on our strats, breaking our wrists. Um, if you're grabbing a bass, because you're doing some bass stuff, uh, P bass or jazz bass? Ooh. My heart wants to say jazz bass, but <laughs> I know for the gig, it would end up being a P bass. Okay. They're, I mean, equally awesome. So that, that's mm -hmm. terrible. Uh, all right. Fretboard, maple or rosewood or other? Because there's a lot of choices. Rosewood. Cool. Is that tone or aesthetics? Uh, tone. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I like a maple neck if it's like really uh, relic though. Yeah. To me, aesthetically, I think that's cool. Oh, yes. I, I had a Strat my dad bought me in 1997. And uh, it was, uh, oh, I'm looking at it. It's a white Strat with a tortoise pick guard and a maple neck. And I was like, I'm going to relic this because that's when like relics were like first coming out. So I just yeah. held a lighter to the whole thing and I just destroyed it. It's just disgusting. But that's my, that's my self relic Strat. Yeah. Terrible. Wait, destroyed it in a good or a bad way? Uh, to, it's in the eyes of the beholder. In my opinion, it was awesome. In my dad's opinion, I ruined it. But I mean, I still have it now. So I guess now it's like truly vintage. So it's yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, blah, blah, blah. Okay. If uh, for uh, an acoustic, uh, Martin, Taylor, Gibson? Gibson. Cool. Um, okay. Amp questions. Uh, do you prefer to use like the gain inside of the amp or put a pedal in front of it to like push it pedal in front of it only because i usually play uh more clean amps okay tube preference el34 or 6l6 I, i'm not sure 
I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. they all kind of, no. yeah. Okay, what about a super high, like a 100-watt amp or a 25-watt amp? Does it matter? I, I would say 25-watt because that's, you're going to have, more likely it's going to be a tube amp. Totally. Well, even like these, like I have a, I just got a Saldano SLO 100 and yeah. it's sitting here and I literally can't get it past one and a half because I'm going to blow my face off. So it's like, I have to run it through the ox box. Otherwise it's just not practical. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Effects questions, delay or reverb. You can only pick one. Reverb. Cool. Fuzz or overdrive, like a fuzz face or a tube screamer. That's hard. Um, that's really hard. <laughs> I'm gonna say fuzz. I'm going fuzz. Oh, I like that gnarly fuzz is cool because like it's difficult to wrangle, but in the right settings, it just has to be that. I also I feel it's more, <clears throat> especially when I'm writing or producing, I'm more inspired by the fuzz to do more interesting, sure. creative things with it. Totally, the textures are just gnarly. Um, okay. Phaser or chorus? Chorus. Okay. Wah pedal or volume pedal? Uh. <laughs> no, it's totally different. It's totally different. I know. Ah, uh, I'm going, I'm going wah. Okay, cool, cool. All good. All good. All right. Just a couple of uh, band related ones. And then I'm really excited to talk about your music and your producing. Beatles or Stones? Beatles. John or Paul? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Paul. Okay. That's my opinion. I think I like John's music, but I feel like if we were friends in real life, we would argue about stuff just because I, I feel like that's his personality. I just watched that Get Back, the documentary. The with Fantastic. All, did you watch it? Yeah. Like, it's so cool to see their approaches when they're writing and also all their personalities. But yeah. what I think what really comes through is how much, what a leader Paul, Paul is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. He, I found, they're all quintessential, of course, but yeah. I found that very inspiring. I thought the whole, it almost felt voyeuristic. Like we just unzipped a pocket reality and got to watch something we weren't supposed to ever see in such you know, the, the resolution of it, the quality of it. Like it's just, everyone should watch. That should be like required watching for every musician ever because it's just insane. Oh my gosh, incredible. Good, awesome. Yeah, but a couple of my friends refuse to watch it because they're afraid it'll change their perspective of the Beatles and maybe, but I think it's, I think it's great. All right, three more. Bowie yeah. or Dylan? Oh, Dylan. Okay. Zeppelin or Floyd? Floyd. Dark Side or The Wall? Dark Side. Alrighty. Uh, and then oh, just just because I'm I'm a '90s rocker, uh, Pearl Jam or Nirvana? Nirvana. Okay. Cool. Awesome. All right. So, thank you for playing my game. It's it's I'm sweating on this side, so it's cool. <laughs> um, so talk about, you know, I, I, I'm so fascinated that you get to have this awesome life where you get to play with all these amazing artists and have these incredible gigs, but then still have the time to do your own stuff. So what is, what is your process for your own music? You know, producing yourself, producing others, like what, what is that part of your life? Like, 
Um, I haven't really released too much music. I've, I've, I have two solo guitar pieces that I've released. Um, and the process for that is, it's much like even the stuff that I do just for social media. Um, I just love writing on the guitar and just, just imagining what are the possibilities with just one instrument or just one sound. Um, so that's exploring different harmonic ideas or different melodic ideas or filling the space in interesting ways. Um, so that's, it's kind of just a journey of curiosity, you know? Do you find that, and I asked this question for a specific reason, because in my personal story, after I stopped touring and doing everything, I became a dad and I had my son. I said, I can't, I can't be on the road. I can't do this. So, um, I, I decided to start a cover group and we were like, okay, my girlfriend's a singer. We make music together. I was like, we'll become full-time musicians. We'll do a couple of gigs a week and that'll give us the freedom to create music. And in our world, it stifled us. That became a job. And then we stopped creating. It was only during this lockdown period where we couldn't gig anymore that we started writing like crazy and, and had some really cool releases. Do you find playing with these artists inspires you? bleeds into your own creativity or do you just have a separate pocket in your world that's just you making your own stuff which will come out i'm sure in larger quantities in the future oh yeah yeah yeah. i intend to i think it's tough because the gigs take priority and they also take so much of your energy that or at least for me personally it takes so much of my energy that sometimes it can be difficult to prioritize yourself and your creations and that's something I'm always kind of working on trying to get better at is putting myself putting that creation first because I I really think that's the most important aspect of being any musician is creating yourself and finding your voice and and producing yourself too because I think once you do that then when when you take that into playing for other people there's maybe a deeper understanding of your role there or what's happening in the music and how you're serving that music. Um, I don't know, at least that's been my experience. I think that makes tremendous sense. Yeah, I think you're onto it, totally. So, awesome. Um, I'm gonna link up everything in the show notes for this, but is there anything that people should know where to find you, anything that they should, uh, if they're listening to this in the future, where should we look? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm on Instagram as Guitariana. It's my name has two N's, so it's G U I T A R I A N N A. Um, I have a website, just ArianaPowell.com. Um, yeah, and my music's under Ariana Powell. So, yeah. Guitariana is very, very clever. Very <laughs> clever. Like when I was first scrolling and saw that, I'm like, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. What okay, boom, and that, that's what pulled me in, honestly. So awesome. That's great. <laughs> Glad to hear that. Cool, dude. Well, thank you so so much for your time. Um, this will be up on YouTube for people to watch in the future. This will be on uh podcast next week. Uh the audio, I'll send you everything. But thank you so much. Have a happy holiday season. And uh, I hope to get, you know, if we get to have a NAM, maybe we'll meet up. Yeah, of course. Would love to. Awesome, dude. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure.